welcome to the Barely Athletic MMA Show, or the BAM MMA Show, or the BAM Show, as we like to call it. I'm Jake. I'm Corey. And this is a All Things MMA podcast show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We'll mostly be going over uh, recapping previous fights, like the one we just saw last night. Uh, Also looking out for any upcoming fights, whether they're in the UFC or smaller promotion, just anything or anyone to keep our eyes on. Uh, Yeah, I mean, other than that, partnered with Barely Athletic. They are uh, pretty much the whole reason we're doing this, so shout out to those guys. If you are into fantasy football, make sure you check them out for all of your insight and tips on all things fantasy football. Um, but other than that, I'd say we could get right into it here. Sweet, sweet. So, in the prelims, which fight do you think was the best fight? Yeah, so, uh, well, yeah, last night, UFC 266, uh, crazy just fights all up and down the card. I kind of had a feeling it was gonna go like that. Uh, looking at the early prelims. Obviously, Matthew Semmelsberger had that 15-second knockout of Martin Sano, um, kind of what I think most people expected to ha- expected to happen. Martin Sano, not exactly. Uh, I mean, what can you say? He, he was basically there because he's Nick Diaz's buddy, and uh, <laughs> yeah, probably made you know a good little 15, 20k or something. But um, yeah. <laughs> not really not really sure why that fight was made and then uh Nick Maximov another Diaz brother prodigy student looked very Oh there was good two of them his, last uh, night. Yeah, so Martin Sano trains with the Diaz brothers but he hadn't fought in okay. like I think his 4 years or something. Yeah, his last fight was at Bellator in uh 2017. So yeah, again, he was pretty much there just cuz of Nick um, and then Nick Maximov was the one I was really looking forward to seeing. He got into the UFC off of the Contender Series last year, fought up at heavyweight because uh, he's just a Nick Diaz Army student through and through, and he doesn't give a fuck. So He's such he a in, beast, uh, dude. Yeah, it was a pretty dominant performance. I mean, the guy he ended up fighting, Cody Brundage, he was supposed to fight Carl Robertson. I thought that was probably going to be a uh, a tougher matchup for him getting Cody Brudinge in there. Carl had uh, shown a weakness to being submitted in the past, and that's kind of Maximov's strong suit. And uh, getting Cody Brundage in there with them, I think it was a good, good first fight, good first performance for Nick. Really uh, showed off his strong wrestling and jujitsu, and landed some decent punches as well. So, be that's good fine. to keep our eye out on him with the Diaz brothers kind of seeming like they're maybe at the ends of their careers. It'd be kind of cool to see them move into more of a, a coaching position, although you don't really see them in, in the corners of uh, the people they train with, but you never know what could happen. Yeah, I and, can't uh, wait to see Nick's next fight. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, who knows if he'll be back or not. We can get into that a little later here, but uh, other than that, on the early prelims, the uh, main fight of the early was Jalen Turner and Euros Medic. Uh, Euros had looked like an absolute beast up until this point. He was uh, 7-0 and 
he also came in off of the contender series. I remember seeing him on that episode and uh yeah, kind of immediately was gonna keep my eye on him. Uh got a crazy knockout in the first round and then his first fight in the UFC was against Elon Cruz, I believe another contender series alum that uh wasn't exactly the biggest test for him. He knocked him out as well and then they gave him Jalen Turner who Jalen and I had also been looking at for a little bit. He had some, I mean, really good stand-up. I don't think we've really seen him. Oh, I guess he did submit uh, Brock Weaver in his last fight. But, uh, yeah, that's really how I saw Euros losing that fight was if Jalen was able to get to the ground just because Euros was so unproven on the ground and could really tell he got got controlled and pretty much just manhandled. Oh, he definitely got controlled. I mean, I never even heard of the guy before last night and just looking at him he just he has the reach Jalen yeah Jalen has the reach yeah I mean looking at the six foot three fighting at 155 pounds I feel like he's gotta be if not the top one of if not the tallest lightweights that the UFC has so definitely someone to keep your eye out on he's had a pretty good little career so far He's lightweight. Oh, that's sweet. Could he fight Patty? <laughs> 155 pounds. I, oh, shit, actually, yeah, that that could be a matchup, honestly. That'd be so sick. That'd actually be a good I think, fight. I think Patty's kind of set himself up so well that it doesn't matter who he fights next. It'll, it'll just be a massive fight. Yeah, he just has to win. But Jalen would yeah, be hard because really. Patty, Patty's good at ground. Like, I've seen... That yeah, it'd be a good matchup. Submitting. It'd be a good matchup. Yeah, Jalen's got the got the good jujitsu, obviously, and yeah, I mean Patty for sure. We've seen the flying triangles and whatnot. He's pretty well known for his jujitsu. Do you know if Jalen can swing? Oh Is yeah, he good at boxing or kickboxing. Oh yeah, I mean that's what I originally knew him uh, as. I think yeah, the first time first time I saw him fight was uh, Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker. Back in uh, back in February of 2020, and uh, knocked out Josh Kulabau in the second round, Dang. and uh, that's what really really put him on my radar. And then yeah, he had the submission over Brock Weaver, another submission over Euros Medic. Now he's on a nice little three fight win streak. So good for him. Only 26, oh, so he's still Patty. got a good career. No, I can't wait to see where he's gonna go next. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the prelims, uh, Taylor Santos versus Roxanne Mataferi. Wasn't much going on there. Roxanne just kind of got controlled the whole fight. Taylor's a very strong 125-pounder, uh, so kind of how I, I expected Roxanne's that one to chin. go. She does, man. She's a veteran. She, I mean, that's really all I had to say about that one before is Roxanne's gritty, and she's a veteran, and sometimes she can get the job done. But Didn't she say her... She her jujitsu is her best. Yeah, she's mostly That's her best uh, weapon. Very well known for her jujitsu, but she does have a very awkward stand-up style that has given people trouble in the past. But I mean, I didn't pay too close of attention to that one. But most of what I saw was just Taylor holding her up against the fence or taking yeah. her to the ground and just kind of being the stronger fighter overall. It was definitely deserved by Taylor. Yeah, yeah, she's looked pretty good so far. I think that was her third fight in the UFC. Fourth Only fight. Third. Another uh, Contender Series alum. Contender Series has really paid off for the UFC, I gotta say. 
Yeah, they're getting some good fighters. Oh, yeah. Immediately after that, we had the heavyweights Chris Dawkins and Shamil Abdurakimov. That man has a lot of saliva. (laughs) That man produces a lot of saliva. Chris landed landed a big hook in the first round that sent some spit fly in, and then uh, the finish in the second round also sent a good good hunk of spit flying from Shamil and uh yeah good performance from Chris I think I think he's undefeated in the UFC 12 and 3 as a Which pro is crazy. yeah that was his that was his fourth fight in the UFC all of them he'd won he's won by knockouts that was his uh first fight in the UFC that made it to the second round so Chris yeah really good looking um, prospect uh I know he talked about Tom Aspinall after this fight that would be a a very good matchup between two quickly rising prospects. Um, don't know if it's the best matchup for Chris because Tom is very well known for his jujitsu. He's a black belt in jujitsu. His father is, I believe, one of the, the first uh, jujitsu trainers in the UK way back in the day. So, uh, but that's yeah. super cool. He's been trained in his whole life. <laughs> yeah, Tom. Tom's the real deal. That's for sure. He looked good in his last fight too. But. Uh, um, yeah, didn't Chris Shamil Dawkins. give Chris some, some like, was that the fight where he ran halfway? No, he ran across the, the ring Marab to get away. Marlin. You're thinking of Marab and Marlin. Opposite, okay. opposite of weight classes. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, it was that one. Uh, after that, Dan Hooker and Nasrat. Um, Dan really showed off some pretty uh unknown wrestling skills in this fight and i i don't know if it just lack of preparation because of the crazy things that both of them went through i know in an interview dan was saying he was basically training out of his garage the two weeks leading up to the fight because crazy lockdown restrictions um sounds like the guys that most of the guys at city kickboxing are gonna end up moving to the u.s to train for a while until uh until stuff gets figured out over there but um yeah, good performance for Dan. Good to see him come back after those yeah, I'm glad, uh, Hooker. two losses. The knockout to Chandler, that was that was pretty rough watching, but Super looked very good in that fight. Yeah, I'm glad Hooker's back. Hopefully yeah. he continues with the win streak. Oh, yeah, I mean... It starts now. Everybody says he, dude's allergic to boring fights. Like, I, I, let's see. Yeah, so first fight I saw Hooker in was... Uh, Whitaker and Adesanya back in 2019 and I mean even going back and watching his previous fights he's just there to bang the whole time <laughs> that's really all you can say about <laughs> the guy just go at it he's there to fight mm-hmm. for sure then after that we had the one you were thinking of Marab Devalishvili versus uh, Marlon Marais um, yeah that I think uh, the main event kind of stole it for fight of the night just because of the, you know, the the title on the line there, the the coaches with the beef from the ultimate fighter. But Marab versus Marlon was a crazy fight for as long as it lasted that first round. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Marab stay on his feet for as long as they did. But then you saw uh, pretty quickly into the first round, Marlon landed a good little combo on Marab and then kind of saw his face switch and he was like all right time to take this to the ground and uh mm-hmm. did the best he could marlon was able to get back up and then 
yeah, it was about halfway through the first round when Marlon caught him with some clean hooks, really really rocked Marab. Like you said, had him running across the cage to get away from him at one point. And, to recover, uh, to recuperate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good on the ref for uh, giving Marab the chance to survive because it looked like he was out about three or four times during that exchange. Seriously. Got back up, finished, finished the first round strong. And um, that's kind of the thing with Marlon Marais. You get out of the get out of the first round with him. The guy cuts so much weight that uh, he's just kind of gassed at that point. Especially after unloading like he did, probably mm-hmm. pretty convinced he had Marab going out of there. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then yeah, second round, Marab came out, landed a big overhand, got the takedown, and just kind of drowned Marlon until uh. Yeah, almost almost made it through the second round, but Marab was just I think at one point Marab had landed like seventy unanswered punches. Uh <laughs> so yeah, that one definitely needed to be stopped at that point. I I'd like to oh, see yeah. Marlon go up to hundred forty five pounds. I've I've heard some people saying that. I think hundred thirty five is just too big of a weight cut for him. I mean we were all saying the guy's just massive in there. I think uh, with his speed, I think he could still do damage at 145. He's not the biggest guy, but he's quick and he's got power. So, oh yeah, I if think, he just think... uh, if he doesn't like become a bodybuilder and he focuses more yeah. on in his body and like, yeah, yeah, just cardio, cardio, honestly, yeah, yeah, that's he would what kill. He needs. Yeah, because he was destroying them. Um, well, not destroying. He was doing really good the first round against. Dude, Rob, yeah, but... those. Those hooks, I mean, he landed probably like three clean hooks in a row uh, during their their exchange there halfway through the round. And yeah, you can tell he's got power, but that's But now that you say that, if you think about it, if Marlon fights at 135 and he can barely make it out of the first round, how is he going to do five against a champ? Yeah, I mean, well, he he did have the match against uh, Henry Cejudo for the... uh, the title was vacant vacant at 135 pounds and uh it was kind of the same thing we saw um, we saw marlon come out real strong the first round had henry all sorts of hurt henry made it through the the first round and dominated the second and finished him in the third so that's really just kind of been the story of of marlon's past like four or five fights seems like it's probably just time for him to try moving up and give himself more of a chance to you know, last a little longer than the first five yeah. minutes. Fight guys that are on the same, yeah, have the same problems as you. Like if they yeah. move down, they're going to be tired too. So like it's oh, fair yeah. this way. You can have fair yeah, fights. I mean, you you think about it. You know, he could try and completely change his fighting style and fight a much more paced and controlled fight, but that just isn't him. And so I I think one forty five would be a good move for him. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, yep. Either he's going to stay in 135 and just wait a little bit. And if he keeps taking losses, he's going to have to do something. Yeah, I, I mean, he's smart he's lost. Up. He's lost four of his last five fights. Uh, the one that he did win was against Jose Aldo. And a lot of people thought Jose won that fight. So, um, yeah, all four of his last uh, five losses have come by knockout. So it's. It's just not a good sign. His chin doesn't seem to be uh be there as much anymore. And man, if yeah, he moves up he to one forty five and he's getting knocked out by one thirty five, I don't. He needs to. He needs. Well, no, he's, he's still at one thirty five. He's still at one thirty five. 
Oh, I know. But, but if he moves up to 145 and he doesn't have a chin, those guys hit him. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Volkanovsky, we saw, hits like a oh, truck. Uh, <laughs> another another fighter that also hits like a truck was Jessica Andrade in the first fight of the uh, main card against Cynthia Calvillo. I mean... That was crazy. That... <laughs> Basically, how every fight Jessica wins looks. If if she can get the forward momentum going, she kind of just overwhelms girls, and she's just got the power. Five foot two, but just built. Five foot and, two, uh, but attacks like a tank. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just tell every shot that landed clean against Cynthia. Cynthia's face was just like, what? What the hell was that? Like, what? I just, just got could hit. not comprehend. Yeah, and then, she's uh, so quick too about it. Like another, when she's throwing she her punches, is. it's like rapid fire. Oh yeah, lots of combos. And uh, yeah, another another good call by the ref stopping that one at uh, four minutes fifty four seconds around one. Cynthia just didn't have much to much to answer for Jessica. So. uh yeah, good one for her. She came out and said now that she wants to go back down to 115 pounds and fight the winner of uh, Rose Namajunas versus Shang Wai Li, which takes place at, I believe, UFC 268 mm. in November. I don't see her getting that fight. Yeah, I, I was going to say, what's Esparza, your thoughts on that? I, th- I think Carla Esparza is definitely next in line for that, uh, that title shot. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I thought she should have been... Uh, Thought she should have been the one to get this fight, but UFC as the marketing machine it is, I'm sure they wanted to try and sell that uh, rematch between Rose and Wiley, which I get, but Carlos yeah. on what one, two, three, four, five, five fight win streak against some really good fighters, Alexa Grasso, Marina Rodriguez, Michelle Watterson, basically any other contender that you got in that division. So uh yeah, Carla gets the next shot at that. Maybe they do a, a, a you know, title challenger eliminator fight between Carla and Andrade. Uh, but I don't, be really Carla, cool, actually, I don't know if Carla. I don't know if Carla would take that. that. I think. Mm-mm. No, I, I think Carla wants to wait for that, and I think I hope the UFC gives Carla that shot. And uh, yeah, Andrade. Yeah, she. She's a good fighter, but she hasn't really seemed to be able to find a, a you know a weight class that she can call home. Obviously, she was the champ at, at uh, 115 pounds before, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens there. But I mean, really good. She fight would lose against, energy uh, moving down, right? Or do you think she would be fine since it's not that big of a? Well, it is kind of. Yeah, it all it all depends what she walks around at uh, weight wise, but. Seems to make 125 no problem, and again only five foot two. Obviously, she's very muscular, but still, I can uh, I gotta imagine that going down to 115 is Dude, a, that would, too I much like of that a struggle her. for her. Yeah, I, I don't think it's too much of a struggle for her. Uh, she fought. She's fought there most of her career, I think. So, okay. yeah, she definitely uh, has more that, power. In oh yeah, against those against those. Well, I mean. Her power against those hundred fifteen pound fighters, though, I mean, they can't really, uh, can't really keep up with it either. She's got some crazy knock knockouts. Yeah, in that I guess you got as well. It's just if she doesn't yeah. get gassed out, she would do great. Yeah, I think I think she just needs to pick a pick a division and stick with it. She's even fought <laughs> at one thirty five before, so I think she just yeah. needs to settle on one and go at it. But uh, yes, yeah, super true. good fight. 
after that was Curtis Blaze against Jarzinho. This was probably the most boring fight of the night if you had to pick one. Uh, yeah. Curtis is just looking to, you know, throw big shots, get inside, take him down, wrestle him the whole time. Uh, Jarzinho just hasn't looked, uh, hasn't really looked the same after his fight. Honestly, after uh, his fight with Francis, where he got brutally knocked out like that, um, he did come back and win against Junior Dos Santos, who some people say is kind of on the decline of his career. And then his fight against Cyril Gaon, he just never really let his hands go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I remember know. that I think, fight. Uh, he didn't throw at all. Yeah. <clears throat> no, not much. But, um, yeah. Curtis definitely Not is a big guy. About that one, Control He's massive, yeah. Yeah, if he gets on top of you, you're not really going anywhere unless you know what you're doing. And Jarzinho's known as a kickboxer, not a wrestler. So kind of how I imagine that fight would play out. Next fight was the return of Nick Diaz against Robbie Lawler. Not, uh, not how we wanted to see it go, kind of how I thought it might go. Uh, you know, can't count a Diaz brother out, but Robbie's been the much active, uh, much more active fighter. And he's been fighting good guys, Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley. Uh, yeah, it was a good fight as long as it lasted. It was tough seeing Nick go out like that. I think uh, Robbie... Robbie was ready for Nick, though. At uh, the Robbie end of the was fight, in he great was shape. crazing him. Oh, yeah. And he I was mean, like, I was ready for what Nick had to give. Like, yeah. I know he's going to push the pace, so I have to push the same amount or more. Yeah. Robbie even said coming into this one, like, he was excited for it. It seemed like he was excited for this fight. It seemed like Nick kind of awoke that inner warrior spirit or whatever of Robbie and kind of got him, got him excited to fight again because, uh, Hasn't seemed seem like he's been there as much as last last couple fights, and uh, you know, fight was supposed to take place at 170. So obviously, Robbie was in incredible shape coming into this. Then the last minute change to 185, uh, I think, really benefited Robbie. I think he was able to keep his cardio while being in the shape he was in, and yeah, he he was just ready for anything Nick had. But uh, you know, Nick looked good as for not fighting it for five years yeah. like you said he fight. hasn't fought yeah it was <laughs> a, a while. fun fight uh i guess i was a little kind of surprised i thought maybe we'd see uh well i guess diaz brothers never really go for takedowns but uh i feel like nick maybe could have gotten it to the ground and sunk in some sort of submission but seemed like he just wanted to entertain the fans and uh yeah can't can't be upset about that they they just had like a kind of like a boxing match going back and forth most almost, of the time. Almost, almost, yeah. Kind of. It wasn't yeah. ex- like there was still some pretty big hits. Oh yeah, like, Nick like, was throwing the body. like nonstop. Robbie yeah, was going for the ripping. body to start. Oh, but Nick's just right hooks to the body. I mean, oh yeah. I just yeah. He he's always thrown those in all of his previous fights and. Oh yeah, yeah like Nick's the them. one who would start with the body shots yeah, and yeah. then go to the head. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love watching Nick work the body and throw those nasty combos and let's go hook to the body hook to the body you drop your hands he comes for the hook up top uh didn't didn't see that as much this fight but yeah it was a good it's a diaz fight what do you exactly you don't know what to expect he was respectful (laughs) this fight too which he said he was gonna be but i don't know i kind of thought maybe that uh inner bad boy would have gotten woken up and maybe would have seen him taunting a little bit but 
No, I think uh, no. Nick just yeah, wanted to get in there and do the job. Anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. One, didn't they say the last fight they had, this was a rematch from like 2004? I believe, yes, their first fight was 2004. It was, uh, yeah, rematch 17 years in the making is what they were saying. That so crazy. Yeah, really. It was cool to see. Definitely cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, also cool to see, as always, was Valentina Shevchenko defending her flyweight title against Lauren Murphy. Lauren was a game opponent, but, uh, you know, no one really Lauren matches is... up to Valentina. Lauren did good. Like, she, she survived. She fought back. <laughs> she survived. She survived, and, you know, in between rounds, her corners seemed to kind oh. of, like... You know, they were they were encouraging, but at the same time, not being like, hey, we need to start doing something here. It, it almost seemed like they were just happy that she was still surviving, uh, <laughs> you know, which makes sense. You know, if she's still in there, then she still has a chance. She's got the puncher's chance. But against Valentina, you just got to be that's got to have hard. a better plan than that. You got to. I'm, you can't I don't go need, in what with a, no plan. What am I saying? I don't know it. how you beat Valentina Shevchenko. Amanda Nunes has really been the only one to to show that it's possible, and she's obviously a, a bigger fighter, fights up at a higher weight class. So, uh, Which is crazy to think the only way for Valentina to move up in her career right now, other than losing the belt, mm-hmm. is, which is very not likely to right. happen, is to fight Amanda. Yep. Which, it's like the only way for either of them to have a fight yeah. that generally will be a good fight for both. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like both Amanda and Valentina, their last two fights, I feel like after the absolutely dominant uh, performance that they always put on, everybody's saying, oh, Valentina, Amanda, Valentina, Amanda, and Amanda always kind of shoots it down. Valentina always kind of shoots it down. Dana White even shoots it down. But after last night, Dana even said, "I mean, circumstances like these, what are you gonna do? It, we gotta, we gotta put on a a competitive fight for these two ladies." Uh, they they go girl after girl yeah. when they're fighting and just just dropping them left and right. I'm not right. saying it's not fair because they're still getting paid. They're right. still getting the recognition they deserve. They are champs. It's, it's like are I they said, getting a fight. It's like I said <laughs> last night. It's the. Uh, it's the the yearly sacrifice to Valentina Shevchenko, or maybe quarter of a year sacrifice. She just, every every now and then we gotta <laughs> we gotta give her someone to satisfy the hunger, and uh, yeah, just another absolutely dominant performance last night. I think uh, I think Amanda beats most likely beats Juliana come December. Uh, Juliana's another good opponent, but again, you just. You just don't see many other female fighters standing up to the dominance of Amanda Nunes or Valentina Shevchenko. And I think the UFC is kind of now uh, acknowledging that that's just an incredible fight that has to be made. A lot of people think uh, Valentina won the second fight. It was very close. So, uh, yeah, kind of kind of similar to like we had to have in our main event with Alex Volkanovsky against... Uh, against Max Holloway. Max. Yeah, just these odd circumstances and sometimes a, a trilogy fight happens even though there's been two losses on the judges scorecards, but that doesn't always tell the story of the fight. No. Definitely not. And I'm not I'm not gonna blame it on the refs or the judges, not the judges. No, like, no. Sometimes it is it could be favored or it was just a bad mm-hmm. call at the time. Like yep. 
Valentina could have won it. She couldn't have. Either way, it and, was a great fight. Yeah, it was a close fight. Incredibly close Very fight. Close. One of those ones, I mean, you see them all the time where, you know, it's a split decision or maybe a unanimous decision for one guy. And, uh, you know, there's not, there's just not many people upset about it because it was just one of those insanely close fights and it could have gone either way. Uh, mm-hmm. What well, wasn't so much of a close fight, but was an <laughs> incredible fight. The main event. Alexander Volkanovsky defending the featherweight Crazy. title against Brian T-City. They call him T-City for a reason, Ortega. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly just want to start with the third round of this fight. Uh, the first two rounds, I, I think first, first round was close. I think Alex probably won. Uh, second round was definitely Alex. And come mm-hmm. that third round. Brian started to show. Brian could have took it. Brian started showing the true championship heart. I mean, you can never count the guy out again. He's one of those fighters that is similar to uh, Marab versus Marlon. Uh, you think Brian's been out of there multiple times before, and he's come back to win on many an occasion, but uh, just couldn't get the job done against Alexander no. Volkanovsky, not for a lack of effort. That third round, the guillotine that he had Alex in, well, first, I, make you gotta start. I, I'm not sure if it was a lead hook or a jab that dropped Alex, but Brian came in with some sort of lead strike that dropped Alex, and he immediately hopped on top of him, wrapped that guillotine in tight, got the legs wrapped around Alex's legs, really just had him locked up there, and you could and see it. we all it. thought Ortega got the belt. Yeah, Alex even <laughs> said that was a, that was a, oh, fuck, I'm about to lose the title tight guillotine. That He had that thing locked in. You saw it on Alex's face uh, during the fight. Somehow managed to hang in there, got a little bit of room, got his chin out, and survived it. And then, even more impressively than just surviving it, got on top and dominated Brian for another minute or so until T-City lived up to the nickname and snuck in a really nice triangle uh, choke submission. Uh, but again, it was tight. We thought it might be over. There was that crazy uh, split-second shot of, you know, where Alex was looking Brian in the eyes, and he just kind of had that face like, fuck you, I'm going to get out of this, <laughs> and uh, managed to get out of it and uh, just dominated Brian the rest of the third round. And, boy, I... This is why I'm even more impressed with Brian Ortega uh, than I should be, or maybe shouldn't be. But I'm incredibly impressed with Brian Ortega because after that third round, I mean, he didn't get up off of the ground for like a good 30 seconds. He was just laying there kind of contemplating his life and every decision he's ever made after Alex just absolutely mauled him like that. Uh, And then came into the fourth round and just kept the pressure on him. Fifth round came, kept the pressure. I think Brian most likely won that uh, fifth round. I know he didn't on any of the judges' scorecards, I believe, but I thought Brian probably got that fifth round the last 10 seconds. You know, both guys kind of acknowledged, acknowledged the time, kind of looked down at the center and was like, all right, here we go. And it was just one of those one of those endings you love to see of both guys just leaving it all on the line. And, uh Yeah incredible fight if you're not a if you weren't an alexander volkanovsky fan before last night i think you got to be a little bit now all right so that was our ufc 266 recap was an incredible pay-per-view was an incredible night of fights uh a lot lots of knockouts submissions oh yeah uh, really fun to watch uh 
even even the fights that went to decision were good fights. There's only a few oh, absolutely, like, yeah. These are kind of boring, but for the most part, great night. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, the Dan Hooker Nasrat Hakbarast was an exciting fight. Uh, yeah, great night. Moving on to next week, we have a fight night. Tiago Santos is back versus Johnny Walker. Uh, Tiago Santos's last fight was a loss to the up-and-coming Alexander Rakic, who's been on an absolute steamroll. Johnny Walker, I believe, is also coming. No, I think he won his last fight. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Walker knocked out Ryan Spann in his last fight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, not much at stake in this fight. Uh, it's at light heavyweight, I believe. Uh, Yuri Prokoska probably has the next shot at the winner of uh, Jan Blakowicz versus Glover Teixeira. You got Anthony Smith climbing back up the rankings, but uh, should still be a good fight. Tiago always comes ready to go. Johnny Walker's a very exciting fighter. He's got a lot of really crazy dynamic uh, knockouts on his highlight reel, so should be a fun fight. We got the return of Kevin Big Mouth Holland against Kyle Dacus. Uh Super excited to see Kevin back. Uh, although he seems to have been working a lot on his wrestling, I don't think he will need it too much against Kyle Dacus. Kyle is uh, like his brother, more of a uh, more of a stand up and bang kind of guy. Uh, but you never know. These guys can uh, can surprise us every now and then. Yeah, for real. Maybe the wrestling might help him. Like if he needs to yeah. get him down. You never know. We and... might we might see wrestling Holland out there just taking him down the whole fight. But uh, I probably, think Kevin will be pretty happy to. <laughs> I think Kevin will be pretty happy to to have an opponent across from him that's happy to stay on the feet. That's that's where Kevin likes to fight. Although he does have some pretty slick jujitsu. Uh, we also got Nico Price versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira on that fight card. Uh, both of those guys, just crazy exciting fighters. Every fight they are in, uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a sleeper card here. We got uh, Aspen Ladd versus Macy Chasson at bantamweight. Two up and coming girls. Uh, you know, could be the next in line to challenge Amanda Nunes. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the prelims yeah. not much on the prelims one fight i would watch out for it's not valentina but her sister is back antonina shevchenko against the undefeated casey king o'neill i've been very high on casey uh since did she get in contender series as well i think maybe looking at no 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 so yeah, she got onto the UFC five and zero, and I've been very impressed both fights she's had. Uh, Antonina is going to be a very good test for her. Uh, it'll be good to see Antonina back in there as well. I think yeah, she's coming off of that submission loss to Andrea Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'd be do, nice to. How do you think that fight will go? How do I think that fight will go? I mean, is it like a good matchup or? Well, looking at. Casey, I know Casey uh, has one submission in the UFC. I'm not sure how much of a, a you know, jujitsu specialist she is. Well, she's got two submissions on her record. Um, 
man, I think I think it's gonna be a good fight. Uh, Casey's just very good all around. Uh, trains at Tiger Muay Thai a lot, so you know she's got some. Oh, she's definitely good Muay Thai. But Antonina Shevchenko, obviously the sister to the champion, always getting great training in with her sister. And that's uh, what uh, Valentina just said. She said uh, that she was working with her sister at camp. They're working together, and she always, she's like always fully yeah. prepared for this next fight. And it, for like, sure. That's yeah, where I, mean, I'm, I don't know. That's why I'm if, asking you how you think the, what man, was her name? Uh, Antonina. Yeah, or no. Uh, Casey O'Neill is who Casey she's O'Neill. fighting. I want to know if Casey O'Neill would actually, like, if she has all the weapons. I think so. She's looked really good in her uh, her two fights so far in the UFC. She had a, a TKO against uh, Shauna Dobson, who's a pretty real deal fighter. Okay. Uh, not so much, actually. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. But then she also had a, a really nice submission against Laura Procopio, who is a pretty decent fighter. Uh, got a win over Molly McCann. She, uh, Laura does. So uh, it'll be a good fight if Antonina looks half as good as Valentina did in, uh, in her fight against Lauren Murphy. I think, uh, yeah, I think that'll be a good fight no matter what. But uh, I'm excited interesting for to it. see. Be interesting to see Casey O'Neill. She's, uh, yeah, definitely a prospect to look out for. Uh, other than that, not much on that card, but we do have some action coming up uh, outside of the UFC. I believe it is, uh, let's see here, Friday, Thursday, Thursday, September 30th, Cage Warriors, the England promotion is back with Cage Warriors 127, hey, Dominique hey. Wooding versus the prospect Nathan Fletcher, who trains out of. Uh, Next Gen Liverpool with Paddy the Baddy Pimblet. I believe Paddy hey, has Patty. talked about Nathan Fletcher. And uh yeah, definitely someone to look out for. Nathan Fletcher, six and oh. Uh one win by knockout. The other five have come by submission. So similarly to Paddy, he does have the hands, but he likes to use the jujitsu when he can. So I'll definitely be tuning in to that one. I will be too. streaming Patty, on the UFC Patty's one of my new pass. favorite fighters. I'm oh yeah, so Patty. Patty, Patty says to watch someone. Patty says to watch someone. I'm watching. End the story. I'm gonna watch too. That's, <laughs> it'll be pretty good. Uh, other than Cage Warriors, Bellator is back with Bellator 267. Um, that is on Friday, October 1st. Michael Venom Page is back. Against Douglas Lima, this is a rematch. Uh, I believe their first fight was back in 2019, and it was yeah, 2019. It was um, Michael Venom Page's only loss by knockout to Douglas Lima, who has since gone on uh, to win one, and then he has lost his last two, not for lack of effort. One, he went up in weight and fought Gegard Mousasi, the dominant 185-pound champ in Bellator. And then he lost his 170-pound title to Yaroslav Almasov, who is another beast. Um, I'll definitely be watching this fight. Anytime you can watch Michael Venom page fight, you definitely should. Dude's just crazy dynamic. Uh, you never know what he's gonna what he's gonna throw, what he's gonna do. And uh, Douglas Lima is just a beast as well. So that'll definitely be uh, be a good fight to watch out for. 
and it's on Friday, so it doesn't interfere with the UFC. Although I kind of like having the two screens going at once. You know, one fight's a little boring. <laughs> you just you just peek at the other one for a bit. You can kind of go back and forth, pick and choose. It's nice when they do that. Yeah, like Friday nights with all the other divisions, you can just switch through them all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's super nice. Uh, other than UFC, that... That's- Let's see. Uh, Cage Warriors actually has back-to-back events. They also have a, a an event uh, on Friday, October first. Uh, Morgan Charrier or Charrier. Uh, I heard a little bit about this guy last year. Uh, he was kind of on the come up, but uh, yeah, it looks like he lost a split decision in his last fight to Jordan Vucinich. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe. Uh, kind of. <laughs> Kind of threw him off course, but uh, he's looking to come back now against his opponent, Paul Hughes, who is 7-1. That'll be a 145-pound title fight in Cage Warriors. Looking at Paul Hughes' record here. Yeah, looks like a pretty decent all-around fighter. But yeah, other than that, uh, not much for news. Actually, just a couple hours ago, it came out that Rafael Dos Anjos is out of his upcoming fight at UFC 267 versus Islam Makashev. Uh, sounds like they're maybe trying to get Tony Ferguson to step up and fill in. Tony. Uh, as well as Dan Hooker's name has been thrown around. I know I it think... sounded like Dan Hooker uh, needed to get on a plane back to New Zealand because they got some... Uh, pretty strict restrictions as far as when you can come and go from there so i think he might be on his way back already but I'm not gonna maybe lie they caught i him think and... hooker deserves it over ferguson i mean yeah i think ferguson yeah, deserves so. another Tony. shot but so there, there's two ways of looking at it you can go the promotional side of it and say yeah give it to tony he's got the history with khabib the the unsettled beef kind oh, of tr- but with khabib yeah, a lot of people have said they want to see Islam and Tony fight to kind of, kind of put a nail in that coffin. And, yep. <laughs> yep. But uh, but yeah, Dan Hooker. I mean, yeah. I, especially after the the circumstances of this last fight coming in, you know, the day before weigh-ins, making weight, fighting the next day, like, uh, yeah, guy definitely deserves something special. So if he doesn't get that fight, he deserves something around the like. Something as rewarding as that fight. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta love the hangman. But uh, other than that, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Uh, yeah, UFC 266, incredible event. Uh, glad to see Nick Diaz back. Hopefully we love maybe Nick. get to see him in some more fun fights uh, if the UFC wants to keep him around. Nick and Nate, put them uh, both out there again. I can't wait to see one of them fight again. It yeah, sounds I'm, like they I'm want hoping, to keep fighting. Uh, so. I'm hoping they get this uh, Nate and Vicente Luque fight made. It, it seems like both guys want it, but the UFC really hasn't come out and said they're going to make it. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see that maybe on this December pay-per-view card. That, that card's going to be absolutely stacked, even if Nate isn't on it. But uh, yeah, got to love a Diaz brother fight. Anyway, I'm trying to think how to end this. <laughs> this was the first show of the yeah. BAM. The, this is the first episode of the BAM show. 
Uh, yeah, don't don't really have any social media yet. We'll get that going soon here. Uh, we'll have to figure out what we want to do with that. But uh, yeah, like Corey said, this is the BAM MMA show, Barely Athletic MMA. Check out Barely Athletic for fantasy football. If you need some tips on your lineup, they got a lot of good info over there. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we will be back next week with less technical difficulties. And, uh, <laughs> and we will uh, we'll go over the upcoming fights we just spoke about, highlight any other news that comes up over this next week. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you guys then.